Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We are in a series called It's Good News. Say it's good news. All right, not bad, not bad. It really is good news. So last week, um, you saw this mug wake you up Monday morning if you, if you got the video. It was about a minute, one minute video. But I just want to remind you um, that last week was a week that, that we could make a list of about at least five people, if you, if you have them, five uh, or more, and begin to pray for them every single day. Um, and uh, make a list and pray for them every single day. And as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, well, maybe, maybe some of you forgot. Oops, <laughs> right? Hey, it's okay. I get it. Um, the, the, the subtitle of this message today is We Need Help. Um, here's, here's something that you can do, by the way. You can take a sticky note or, or some sort of paper. You can take your lipstick and um, you can write it on your mirror. But m- make a list of those names It'll help out. Put it in your car, on your desk. Put it on the mirror because we need help. Hello, right? We need help. Um, but I believe this to be so true about just last week. Um, Jesus said, hey, pray that God would send out laborers for the harvest. He's telling us to pray like you guys pray. Now, the cool thing about that is that when you pray for your family, your friends, those five people, those 10 people you're praying for, what happens is you may not be the one to reach them, but God sends somebody else, which is really cool. Like you pray and all of a sudden, as you pray and believe, God is sending someone else to bring them the good news. Now, just to let you know, as they pray for their friends, they're probably gonna send you to preach the good news, right? So that's how it works. That's how it works. But listen, without prayer, not much happens. Can we be honest? But with prayer, oh my goodness, we could see some incredible things happen when we pray when we pray. I believe that these prayers this week, and by the way, we're gonna continue to do that this following week as well, those same people. I believe the prayers, the catalyst to the good news, it, it has to happen for this, what we believe is coming, the third great awakening to occur. Like we need to pray, right? Now I'm not condemning anyone because I believe it. Sometimes we just forget. So sticky note, say sticky note with the names. In Jesus' name, right. You can do it. You can do it. Um, because listen, I'm already seeing things. The people I'm praying for, oh my goodness, this week some things popped up already. I'm like, oh yeah, it's working. God is always working. Every single prayer you pray, even if you only did one day last week, God's working. But just think if you do, man, every day. God is moving powerfully. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you to bring the good news to your family, your friends, your coworkers, the people that God's laid on your hearts. Um, so I'm very, very excited what God's doing. Uh, so, so it's good news. Um, I believe we're gonna see the results of it as we keep praying and keep talking about this, this message series um, because Jesus is here to rescue anyone from the prison of darkness. He's come to break the chains of those trapped in sin. He's come to heal the brokenhearted, to save the lost, to bring freedom to the captive. He is here to display his love and mighty power to the world. And he does this through the good news. Romans 1.16, here it is. For I'm not ashamed, Paul said, of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. He's saying it's. The good news is the power. Just by telling someone what Jesus can do is the beginning of that power. Think about that. Just by giving a firsthand testimony of the goodness of God is an open door of salvation. Like I said before, why wouldn't everyone want to hear the good news? So many have difficulty receiving this revelation of the good news, and sometimes, many times, we have difficulty giving it. But listen, what if you gave news of an inheritance, a bonus, a new car? Would that be difficult to receive? (laughs) Probably not, right? Probably not. But we've got something so much more powerful, my friends. We've got, as Meg was saying, we've got this, the power of God, literally the resurrection power of God in us. And not just part of God, all of God. That's what I love about what he's given us. So we are here for a specific purpose, to spread the good news, to see God's mighty power at work. But the truth is, hello, we need help. Say, we need help. 
Because the truth is many times we might feel inadequate or even unworthy to share the good news. And many even hindered by fear itself. So we need help. And so from Abraham to David to the prophets to Paul to Jesus himself, if they were standing here today, they would say emphatically, in order to effectively spread the good news, you and I need help. Paul says it right here in Ephesians 3, 7. By God's grace and mighty power. I love you started out there. I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. But he says, by God's grace and God's mighty power. See, we have an incredible opportunity to share the good news, but listen, it's only gonna happen by his grace and mighty power. See, we've not only been rescued, but we've been released to demonstrate it, to see it fulfilled right here in this earth. See, that's why it's so exciting. And by the way, when I say exciting, if you think about it, the good news believed and received should make us want to leap for joy. I don't, know if, I don't know if you knew that, but it should. As a matter of fact, this is how the good news was described when the angels brought it to the shepherds when Jesus was born, Luke 2.10. Then the angel said to them, hey, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I bring good tidings of great joy. We don't use that word often, right, that, that, that phrase but it's a powerful picture of the gospel, good tidings of great joy. Literally meaning this, to spin around under the influence of any emotion, especially great joy. That's what that means, to literally spin around. Now, sometimes Emily will do that. Even during her, she'll get so excited, she'll go back there in the corner and start dancing. I love that. Like I said, I pray so hard for Rich to do that. Just go back and just do some dance in the corner. I'm gonna video it. That's what I wanna see. That's what it means. And this word tidings, we don't use tidings very often, do we? But it's, it's significant because it's an old-fashioned word for recent news. In other words, it's someone saying, I bring you recent news, fresh news that's gonna change your life and make you spin around with great joy. That's exactly what that phrase means. Well, Dan, I don't, sir, I don't react like that when I hear good news, or, or I sure would like to react like that. I get it. That's why I subtitled this message, We Need Help. Say, we need help. We need help believing, receiving, and sharing the good news. God knows that, so that's what we're gonna talk about today. I wanna, I wanna show you something profound that many miss. Let me, just, let me just give you a little background here. One day, on a particular day, Jesus goes to church. He opens up the Bible and reads this verse out of Isaiah about himself. And here it is, Isaiah 61.1. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. And many times we just kind of forge right through that verse and we, we, we look at all the things we have to do. We're like, man, I can't do all that stuff. But we miss this. The Spirit is on me. Here's the clue. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, he says. Essentially, Jesus is saying, if you want to bring the good news to the world around you, you're going to need the Holy Spirit in you, but you're going to need the Holy Spirit on you. Not just in you, but on you. This is where the help comes from. Not by my might, not by my strength, but by his Spirit, says the Lord. So, so I love that Jesus reads that as he's talking about himself. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. So Jesus, being filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, knew that he needed the power resting on him as well. That, 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 those, that two-letter word is so important, on. See, if you want to effectively reach people with the power of the gospel, you'll need the helper, the Holy Spirit, not just in you, but overflowing in your life, in you and on you. That's why Jesus said that, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Throughout all of my years of ministry, I see this as being the greatest determining factor, not only for personal freedom, God's favor, his power, but also for the advancement of the gospel. 
the Holy Spirit. I've seen him change people suddenly. I've witnessed firsthand the power of the Spirit falling on people and transforming them suddenly. Listen, it's legit. And the Bible clearly backs this up. So when Isaiah wrote that, that verse that we just read, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, obviously. Because he says, the first thing he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So he, he heard about the Spirit in stories from the past when the Spirit of God came upon certain judges, warriors, and prophets in a way that gave them extraordinary power. Joshua, Othniel, Gideon, Samson, and Saul, and the list goes on and on. Even an entire church service was interrupted by the Holy Spirit where no one could even speak because the very presence of the Holy Spirit fell on that place. Now, I remember early on in, in, in my walk with God, and I, was, uh, and I was, I was kind of just practicing and leading worship, and I would go and uh, kind of practice the service ahead of time. And I remember um, I had this experience with God, and I was, I can't, I don't know if it was a dream or vision or what, but I was, I was leading worship, and I was singing, and all of a sudden, God's presence came around me so powerfully that I, I was like frozen. And I literally couldn't move. I was like, what in the world? And I, was, I wasn't afraid. I know it wasn't bad. I just knew God was in the house. And so I'm literally thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, what in the world is going on here? I liked it, but I was like, oh man, man, God's in here. I better, I better shut up. But I couldn't speak anyways. Like nobody could speak. The whole service was frozen. It's, it's, it was, I'll never forget it. And then I read the story about it happened in the Bible. I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I've seen that before. And I actually pray for that to happen in our lives. I pray that when the, when the presence of God, the Spirit of God shows up, that, that listen, like the Bible says, hey, let your words be few. He's in heaven, we're on this earth. Just zip it, Dan, because I'm here. And God doesn't come to, to, to come to a place to make us fearful. He comes into a place because he wants to give us purpose and destiny. He comes into a place, yes, to say, hey, I'm here. But, he's, but he says, hey, I, I got, I've, got, I've got something for you. I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna give you, as, as we talked about, power. I'm gonna give you a purpose. I'm gonna give you the things that you need in order to fulfill my, your calling in this life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's why, that's why we should never, ever be afraid of, of this message today or the Holy Spirit. See, you may have the Holy Spirit in you, but do you have him on you? resting on you. There's a difference. I'm gonna prove it from the Bible. Because you know, you know why this message is so important? Because I see so many people in life that are just struggling. They have pride. They have fear. They, 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 they're, sh they're walking in shame. They're, they're Christians struggling with their head down. They, 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 they're frustrated. Their marriages are, are frustrating. Their life is frustrating. They have the Holy Spirit. They're going to heaven, but they don't have, there's something that they're missing and it's this added power. It's the Holy Spirit in another way, not just in you, but on you, giving us the power to do what he's called us to do. I've lived that way before. It's tough, right? It's tough when we live without the Holy Spirit resting on us. And I guess I'm just sick and tired of that happening. Matter of fact, one of, the, one of our, our main things is when we're in front of people or we're ministering to people, we just want to get them set free. We just want them to know that there's more freedom. There's something God wants to give them so that they don't have to wake up depressed and down and, and, and hopeless, you guys. And guess what? It's not by my might, not by my power, it's by his spirit that's going to happen. It's the Holy Spirit resting on us. See, if you want to effectively share the good news, just know this. We need help, and we need the helper, and we need the Holy Spirit in us and on us. Jesus, the King of kings, the Alpha and the Omega, the Son of the living God, acknowledges this key of the good news. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Isn't that what happened just prior to Jesus starting his full-time ministry of spreading the good news? Look at this. Jesus gets baptized, comes out of the water, and look at Luke 3.22. And the Holy Spirit descended, came from heaven saying, you're on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you're my son whom I love and I'm well pleased with you. 
Remember, Jesus had not yet begun the ministry of spreading the good news. So this is a very critical moment, even for the Son of God. The Holy Spirit landed on Jesus to give him the power needed to fulfill the mission. Where did he go after that? The wilderness for 40 days. Didn't eat anything, got attacked by the devil, and came out even stronger, but he needed the power of the Holy Spirit on him. Anybody track with me today? See, Jesus was already filled with the Spirit, right? right? He's God, duh, right? He had the fullness of the Holy Spirit in him prior to what I just talked about. But the dove moment was different. The dove moment. I'm not talking about uh, body wash. I'm talking, the dove moment, you guys, the dove moment was different. That's what he's speaking to us today. Back to Isaiah for a moment who wrote that verse. He himself experienced the Holy Spirit firsthand. Isaiah is caught up into the presence of God and sees all these angels. And he says this in Isaiah 6. He says that they were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. He's, he's, he's like, he's in the presence of God. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. They weren't having a cigar party, by the way. What's up with that? Well, it wasn't actual smoke. This was no doubt a reference to the cloud or smoke that is so often mentioned in the Old Testament as the visible symbol of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah was in the thick presence of the Spirit of God. And then this happens, and this is critical. This happens to him a couple verses later. An angel came and touched my lips with it, with a coal. He said, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Now, I think this is so important because so many people have a hard time spreading the good news, even doing much for God because they feel guilty. They feel, they feel dirty and, and they feel shameful. And, and listen, they have struggles in their life and they think that just because of those struggles or that they cannot preach the good news. That's a lie. We all fall short. Right? We all fall short. God is saying, no, 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 no. I, I, I know. Don't worry about it. I'll get you through that. We'll clean that up. Just go preach the good news. Go share it. You can't do it on your, on your own. You're gonna need help, the Holy Spirit. But, but when you have a time in God's presence like that, one of the first things he's gonna say is, hey, you're faultless and blameless as you stand before God right now. You, because of Jesus, because of what Jesus did, you are now faultless and blameless. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, it doesn't matter how you feel. What's the fact? The fact is Jesus died for you. He shed his blood for you. And when he died and was resurrected and you gave your heart to Jesus, now you stand before God faultless and blameless. And when you know that, this is what happens next with Isaiah. Look at this. Then I heard the Lord asking, hey, who's, who's gonna go preach the good news? Who's gonna be my messenger? And immediately, Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. Oh, my goodness. Do you hear that? All because the smoke, the spirit came in that place where he was at and just did something radical in his life. It's almost like Isaiah immediately received this boldness and clarity because he was in the presence of God. And I believe this is really the start of his ministry. I do. Because you read all the stuff that he wrote after Isaiah 6, it's powerful. Talking about the wonderful counselor and the prince of peace and the revelations of Jesus all came after this experience, my friends. So the Holy Spirit descends on that place where Isaiah is and changes everything. This is a life-changing moment. He needed it to move forward into his calling his God-given destiny. He needed this Holy Spirit encounter to give him power for ministry because God wanted his words to be clear and sharp and effective. And again, to openly declare, here I am, send me. Gotta go wherever you want me to go. By the way, that experience sounds a little bit or a lot like Pentecost. Oh no, can't say that in church. That's a naughty word. Pentecost, say Pentecost. Pentecost. It's not a scary word. It just means 50. 50. I'm almost there. Had my birthday yesterday. <laughs> I'm hanging on to 40 as long as I can. Even it's one truth I cannot know. Uh, listen, it just means 50. 
but it sounds a lot like Pentecost. Look at Acts 2, 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared, and what settled on each of them. That's a dove moment right there. Settled on them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And the rest is history. They go outside. Peter gives the good news with the, by the power of the Holy Spirit and gives about a three-minute message, message and about thousands get, thousands get saved. Now remember, these same disciples were hiding in fear just a few chapters before. And Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, had just run away from the threats of a little girl. And then Jesus visits them after the resurrection, spends time with them, right? And even doubting Thomas believes, they all believe, right? And all of a sudden, they go out, preach on a rooftop, and thousands get saved. And they were just hiding in fear. Wow, how'd that happen? The Holy Spirit settling on, descending on. It was a dove moment. How many need a dove moment in here? Come on. A dove moment. You'll, you'll get there. And equally important to that moment was this. The Holy Spirit came, gave him gifts. In that moment, it was speaking in a language everybody could understand. All the other different languages are powerful. But this is the cool part. When the Holy Spirit settles on a person, there's an overwhelming sense of God's love. Look at what Jesus experienced when he, when the Holy Spirit descended on him. Look at that verse again, Luke 3, 22. I love this. And the Holy Spirit descended on him, Jesus in bodily form, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone, listen up. This is Jesus. And I love him a lot. I love him a lot. This is Jesus, and I love him a ton. That's what he's saying. That's what God's saying in our 2021 language. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. But when the Holy Spirit landed on him, yes, Jesus knew God loved him, but he was sending the message to everybody else. Isn't that awesome? See, when you know how much God loves you, you will believe that you can do anything, that anything is possible with God. And you'll boldly and confidently share the good news because you know Papa loves you. You know Daddy loves you, right? There's only, he's the only one who can give you that kind of confidence. When you know he's got your back. Why did Jesus have so much confidence in the Father? Because he only did what the, what the Father did. He, he only said what the Father said. He was like literally mimicking God because he knew God loved him. And when you and I receive the Holy Spirit in that way, the Spirit resting on us, he not only empowers us, but he communicates the Father's love to us in a brand new way. Friends, we need help. We need the helper. We need a divine encounter with the Holy Spirit to effectively live and share the good news. You guys still here? <clears throat> Let me talk about him for a few moments, and then I want to invite you. We're, we're just going to, today, we're just going to be here, and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to rest on us. I love that he, that he came down like a dove, and I thought, what if he came down like an eagle? We'd probably be like, ah, you know, big talons coming down. I, I want to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. You'd run from that. But a dove, that makes sense. But it's interesting, interesting about a dove, dove represents peace. I wonder sometimes if, if God, listen, God wants to rest on everyone who receives him. Do you know that? He wants to come in anyone who receives him, but he wants to rest on anyone who will receive him. But I just know it's hard for me to receive the resting of the Holy Spirit if my life is chaotic up here. You know, if I'm just like all stressed out and where I mean, I'm gonna be like, stay away from me. But, but it's almost like we, we need to, today is, is we just need to get to a place where like, you know what? I'm just gonna chill. Like get in a chill moment, a chill peace moment and let the Holy Spirit move and descend on you and I. 
open up our hearts and minds today, right? Entire being. So the Holy Spirit, who is this Holy Spirit? He's God, just given another name and in mission. God the creator, Jesus the savior, Holy Spirit the helper. They're all God, don't ask me how he does it, he just does, three in one. He's God and he's holy. So he is not going to lead you to do something unholy, harmful. He will not lead you into confusion. He will not encourage you to steal, lie, or hate, or judge. He won't do that. He will lead you into truth because the truth will set you free. And freedom will result in joy. Glad tidings of great joy. The Holy Spirit will always agree with the word of God. will never contradict it. He only agrees with it. And the Holy Spirit is holy, but he's also gentle. Like I said, he's like a dove. He does not push. He does not pressure you. He gently guides you. Remember, sheep are led, cattle are driven. So whenever you feel driven, rushed, pressured to do something, it's not the Holy Spirit. Come on. We live in a world where we are pressured and forced. Come on. But we're not to conform to the world, right? We're to be led by the Spirit. Remember, he's gentle. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force us. He's not an eagle coming down. Ah, hawk. He's like a dove. He's gentle, he's, but, but he's also power. Say power. He's filled with unlimited power, and this power brings us the benefits, the gifts, and the resources that are critical for every life. When the follower of Jesus receives the Spirit, then families are changed, neighborhoods are changed, marriages are changed, cities are changed, communities are changed. Come on. But the spirit-filled Christian is also the surrendered Christian. In other words, I don't care what you think. No, I'm t I don't care what you think. I mean that. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think. Like, all that matters is my personal freedom. That's it. Because my personal freedom is going to reach someone for Jesus. My personal joy and freedom and knowing that God loves me. So I don't care what you think. As long as they come to know Jesus, that's all that matters. See, when I go to heaven, I want to see, like, I want to see all those people lined up left and right that have sowed into me and I've sowed into them. I want to see all the people that I have impacted for Jesus. If that means me looking like a fool, dancing around in my underpants like David did, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> listen, You're probably thinking, what have I got myself into? You can't leave yet. Just after this, don't worry. Spirit-filled Christians are surrendered Christians. Please hear this. Many years ago, a group of preachers were trying to decide who to invite to speak in an upcoming revival meeting. One older preacher suggested, hey, let's get D.L. Moody. And the younger, more naive preacher commented, why do we have to get Mr. Moody? Does he have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? And the older preacher replied, no, but the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on him. And when the Christian understands the spirit-filled life, the overflow of the spirit, the settling of the spirit on you, however you want to call it, they are the most dangerous Christian to the enemy. Why? It's the difference between going into battle with one weapon or many. You don't just have a sword. You got a gun, an AK-47, bazooka, a tank, and air support needed to destroy the works of the devil. That's what the Holy Spirit gives us, all the gifts. You see, Jesus brought us into the fight but the Holy Spirit gives us the weapons to win the fights. And this is where the, this is the difference between, man, a lot of people going to heaven, but they're struggling so much on this earth when God says, hey, I got something for you. Yeah. One bazooka, I'll get, you, I'll get you a bazooka. See, Jesus brought us into the fight, but the Holy Spirit gives us the weapons to win the fight for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, pulling down strongholds, casting down vain imaginations. This is the way I, so I'll, I'll, I'll go there in a moment. I'm almost done. So, so let's get to know the Holy Spirit in just a moment. We're, we're just gonna have just a little bit of time. Let the Holy Spirit move, if you're okay with that. Um, like, you gotta understand, I'm more conservative by nature, um, but I'm attacked by Beelzebub. But I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more. He doesn't want this message to go forward. I'm more conservative by nature, you know. I'm, 
I didn't grow up in the church, but I'm just more conservative. So when, when the Holy Spirit stuff started happening in my life, I'm like, but listen, God brought me right into a church where all that stuff was happening. I was like, man, oh man, oh man. I was just telling someone the other day, I said, I said the very first, so I, I get saved, I'm watching television and I see this guy on television that's, he, he's, he's calling the devil a Mickey Mouse. I'm like, well, I kind of like him. So he's got this beard. He looks like he's in this church of 5,000. So I'm saved, don't have church to go to. And then I go searching for him. So I eventually find this large church. Well, they weren't in the large church. They were in a room in the large church. They were renting out a room that had about 100 people in a, in a large church. And uh, I remember going in there, I'm like, oh, no. But I was stuck. I was like, I got I to go in there. I go in there. This thing's packed out like sardines. The worship's going. It's beautiful, awesome worship. Very spirit-filled. I mean, it was, just, it was so different in that place. And all of a sudden, man, there's some people were saying things, different languages and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, no. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, I'm here. I'm here. But I don't understand it. You don't need to understand it, Dan. I'm here. And I'll tell you something. I grew by leaps and bounds in the Holy Spirit environment like never before. I don't think I'd ever be here today if God hadn't placed me in that environment. That challenged me, man, but it blessed me. I know it. I know it. Maybe you've had some Holy Spirit moments where you're like, wow, you know, that was amazing. And that's what we want. we want. We want to receive the Holy Spirit today before we leave. The Holy Spirit moving through you, all around you, flooding you. See, many people are apprehensive to receive the Holy Spirit in, listen, another way, simply because of what they've heard or been taught. They hear that he's like a crazy uncle, no one understands, a loose cannon, you never know what he's gonna say, you never know what you're gonna get kind of spirit. And that's not true. He's not the hokey spirit. He's not a spooky spirit. There's nothing to be afraid of. Look at Luke 11 as we're finishing up. You fathers, if, you children, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He wants to give you something more and something good, not to harm you, not to embarrass you, something good for you and something more. Nobody's afraid of more. You want the basics in your new car fully loaded. Well, I can't afford it. Well, he already paid for it in the Holy Spirit. Fully loaded God. Don't reject the fully loaded God, right? Don't just settle for the basics. Who wants to manually get their windows to go? Who does that anymore? Come on. But we, this we do. We try so hard, so hard to preach the gospel. We want so hard, like God's saying, man, you're too frustrated. This shouldn't be so difficult. And it isn't difficult when we ask the Holy Spirit to settle on us. Friends, there's more. I don't know if you want more, but I do. I want more. Jesus promised. He said, listen, if you just ask for more, he'll give it to you. Acts 1.8, we're finishing up. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about the Holy Spirit. Then you'll go out. That's why Jesus started Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He could have just left that out, but he didn't because he knew we needed it. We needed him. The disciples would need extra help. So before, I love it that we can look at other people's lives and, and imitate, right? We're supposed to do that, like imitate. Well, I, I'm following your example of a Christian, but, but, but don't just think imitation, think impartation right now. Yeah. Think impartation. Think, think of imagining your mind here just lifting our hands, worshiping God, and literally allowing the Holy Spirit to settle on us like a dove, the Holy Spirit coming and giving us the freedom that we need, an extra level, whatever you want to call it, but God settling on us, impartation, and see these kind of results. John 7, 37, look at this. Out of your body will flow his spirit. On the final day, the climactic day of the feast, Jesus took a stand he cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes me in this way. It's really just like this. I've done this before, but I'll do it again. I think this is a great uh, 
analogy. When you give your heart to Jesus, God comes and lives inside, right? That's scriptural. So many, he comes an inner witness. God, all of God, by the way, not part of him. That's why when you walk into your workplace, when you go home, you got all of God in you, not part of him, all of him. I don't know how he does it. He's a genius. You have the Holy Spirit in you. But many times in life, as Christians, the Holy Spirit's capped. And the way that I see that is this. I kind of, the Bible says, out of your belly will flow your spirit, right? Yeah. Right? I see this as the spirit. It's also where I like to eat, but spirit, <laughs> this is spirit. This is soul. This is soul realm, okay? This is, this is where, like, we get thoughts that come into our mind, right? Sometimes we don't even realize it. Let's say this, someone, someone offends you. You look at me, they offend you. You get mad, and all of a sudden, mad settles right here. Mad settles right in your soul. And the Spirit's like, I can't get out because there's something blocking me because you got mad right here or you got worry right here. Like, oh, I'm looking at the world. Everything's going bad. Worry, worry, worry. Worry settles in your soul and becomes anxiety and literally stops the Spirit from moving. Does that make sense? That's the science of how it works. Something's blocking it. So here we are, we go through life and we're like, God, you're in me, but how come you're not moving through me? He says, well, because I need you to forgive that person right now. I need you to say I'm sorry. I need you to say I'm love you. I need you to say I was wrong. It's okay. I need you to, I need you to say, uh, Dad, I've been fearful. I need you to give me fear. I need you to give me, I need you to give me your shame, Dan. Uh, you know, you, you feel unworthy, right? Give it to me. That shame has, has just been caught right in your soul. A dark spot in the soul. And the Spirit's like, get me out of here. And, the, and the, how you get it out, he's like, he's like, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me for holding a grudge. Forgive me for treating my spouse that way. Forgive me for letting fear rule me. Forgive me for holding on to the things of the word. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And look what happens. Oh, whoo, part A. The Holy Spirit gets out. He just wanted to get out. Then it'll all dry up later. Don't worry. You see that? Spilling over you, spilling onto your family, your kids, your spouse. Come on, who doesn't want that? Anybody thirsty? Emily, come on up. As we just end this service this way. What's in your soul? See, the great thing about asking the Holy Spirit to rest on us, because remember, you can't do it. When you ask him to rest on you, he says, oh, Dan, I know you can't, you can't take that cap off yourself. I'll do it. I'll help you. Come on, just say it. Say you're sorry. Come on, Dan, say you're sorry. Sorry. You did it. <laughs> right? And there you go. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, not just in us, but another experience resting on us to connect with us in a way that allows us to brim over and spill over. It's not a weird thing. It's a Bible thing. It's a God thing. But we just, we, we just we're kind of, just let's not get weird about it. Let's just embrace it. Let's embrace God, right? Yes. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Emily's gonna give a little quick little, little thing about her uh, with the Holy Spirit yeah. moving and I'm all tongue-tied. Um, yeah, so you guys, we're going to, there's always, always more. Thank you, Nikki. Oh, thanks, Nikki. There's always more, but we're gonna pray and believe for the Holy Spirit to fill us up more, to rest on us more than he has before. Maybe, maybe for the first time, because uh, the testimony I wanna tell is I grew up in a denominational church. Maybe some of you did too. And I didn't learn a lot about the Holy Spirit there. I didn't know that, first of all, that when I asked Jesus into my heart, that the Holy Spirit would come and live on the inside of me. And then he would begin to speak to me. I didn't know that. I didn't know that there was another level of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that he would rest on me and he could flow out of me and overflow from me to people around me. I didn't know that he would give me strength on the inside. That he would give me gifts like prophecy and healing and miracles. And whatever I needed in the moment to minister to people and even to myself. 
that's what the Holy Spirit would do. And I didn't know all of that. But when I gave my heart to Jesus, the Holy Spirit did come and live on the inside of me. And the first thing I noticed was he started speaking to me. The Word of God came alive to me. The Holy Spirit is a good teacher. He's the best teacher. The, the Bible says he leads you into truth. He always teaches you truth. He always does something good for you and teaches you something good. And then I learned that the Holy Spirit would fill me to overflowing and that he would come upon me and I could receive the gifts of the Spirit. And that's when God's power began to operate in my life. And I grew very, very quickly in the Lord. So what, I'm, what we're going to do right now, maybe you're being filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. Maybe you're asking him to come on you for the first time. But maybe not. Maybe it's just more for you. There's always more. And what, I'm, what Dan said today, what he taught you today and what I'm saying right now is not just for you. It's for you to give this to somebody else. Somebody else in your life needs to know that they can have power and authority and strength from the Holy Spirit. They can have gifts that can help them to be a witness for Jesus, right? So take what we're saying and give it to somebody else too. Take it for yourself, yeah. but then give it to somebody. <laughs> um, so two, two scriptures that Dan already mentioned, I'm going to very quickly go over them, that I always use these two scriptures when I'm speaking to somebody about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, because this is the whole reason. Jesus is talking, and he says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. We're going to receive the power of God when he comes on you. And why? Why do you get his power? So you will be my witnesses. You will be witnesses for Jesus. That's why you need his power, to be his witnesses, even to the end of the earth. And then Luke 11, 11. I love this. I love this one. You parents, if your children ask you for something good, are you going to give them something harmful? Of course not. And how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to you, his child, when you ask him. And that says to me two things. It says, the Holy Spirit's a good gift, and he only gives good gifts. And number two, all you have to do is ask. Right. That's so encouraging right. to me. All you have to do is ask. Yeah. Like a child Simple. asking your father. So we're going to ask right now. You guys stand Let's up. Stand up for a moment, you guys. And, um, yeah. and let me, before Emily leads you through a, a quick prayer and, and that we invite the Holy Spirit, um, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, let me just lead you through a very quick prayer to receive Jesus into your heart, receive God into your heart, right? Just, just pray this with me as a, as a family. Just say, Heavenly Father, I choose to trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So you guys go ahead and lift your hands up to the Lord yes. like you're going to receive a gift because you're going to receive a gift. <laughs> you're going to receive a gift from heaven. You, now just repeat after me. Holy Spirit, Holy fill me Spirit, up. Holy Spirit, fill me up. I welcome you. I welcome you. Rest on me. Rest on me. With your strength. With your strength. Your power. Your power. Your peace. Your peace. And your love. Your love. I want everything you have for me. I want everything you have for me. I want to share Jesus wherever I go. I want to share Jesus wherever I go. And now just tell him what you need from him. Tell the Holy Spirit what is it that you're asking for. More what? More of his peace? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Is there somebody in your life who needs healing? Ask for the gift of healing. It's free. All these gifts reside in the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he gives you all his gifts. Is there somebody in your life who needs encouragement? Ask for the gift of prophecy. Yeah. It will encourage and strengthen people. And I think one of the greatest things that God would say to you is, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Right now, I love you. You don't have to do anything else. I love you right where you're at right now. I love you. That's the voice that he's speaking to you right now. You don't have to jump through any hoops. I love you. I love you. This is my daughter. I'm well pleased. This is my son. I'm well pleased. I love you. I love you. Get that message into your heart. So as we just kind of bask for a moment, just, just hang there. Just, just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. I know he's speaking to you. He's, he's, he's doing some really cool things in you right now. On you, Lord. We need help for, for relationships and marriages. God, we need your strength. God, we receive it. 
chorus, Holy Spirit. We sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Just tell them, come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, your glory, God, is what our hearts in your soul right now. Say, God, Lord, I just give you, I give you that thing that holds me back. I give you, Lord, I recognize fear. Well, I just confess it and give it to you, God. I give, Lord, I've been hanging way too, too, I've been gripping too hard to people, Lord God. I don't want to cling to people. I want to cling to you, God, in Jesus' name. You just give, God, just give them what's in your soul. Oh, Lord, I want nothing but to know you, Jesus. Christ crucified. I feel such a hunger for the Lord in this place. I feel like there's some of you, you are just so, so hungry. And Jesus said that the hungry and the thirsty would be filled. Yes. He said, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. Those of you who've been longing for more, you know that there's something more with Jesus. He's filling you right now. I can feel like your heart just longing for a deeper walk with Jesus, a deeper relationship with him, to know him more, to know his ways, not just his actions and his outward actions, but to know his heart. And so I just thank you, Lord, you're filling your people. You're filling your people, Lord, with who you are. You're showing them who you are, Lord. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself to those who are hungry for more, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, someone texted me a word of knowledge that's for somebody here and somebody watching. Uh, They said that you don't have to just take what the devil's throwing at you. You can resist the devil. When the Holy Spirit comes and rests on you, he gives you power and authority. He gives you the power and authority of Jesus Christ himself. And so the Holy Spirit in you has the power and authority of Jesus to say no to the devil. If the enemy's coming at you or he's attacking someone that you love, you can say no in Jesus' name and command the devil to leave and he will flee from you. And you know how you do that? You begin to speak the truth. You begin to speak the truth in place of the lie that's coming at you. In place of the lies of the enemy that's coming at your loved one. There's somebody who needs healing. Uh, Speak the truth about your healing. Speak what God says. Speak his heart over yourself, over your loved ones. And that thing will happen. So begin to speak that right now. Is there something that's coming at you? Is there an attack of the enemy in your life or in your family or in your marriage? Speak the truth out. And the devil can't hear your thoughts. Speak it out loud. Tell the devil to leave in Jesus' name. And that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. 
and that you walk in his authority and that you are founded on the rock like we sang this morning and nothing will shake you. You can't, that can't be taken away from you. The power and authority of Jesus Christ in you can never be taken from you. So we thank you, Lord, for your truth going forth. We thank you, Lord, that the authority of Jesus Christ is on your people. Your people are rising up. Your body, Jesus, is rising up in the earth with great power and authority right now. Lord, we are taking our place, and we are founded on the rock, and we will stand. And after having done all to stand, we keep standing, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us everything we need to live this life in strength, Lord. And we don't take what the enemy is is throwing at us. We don't just take it. We say no to the devil. And we say yes to you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we get to be your hands and feet on the earth. We get to be your voice and your mouthpiece, Lord. Fill your people with your Holy Spirit and your strength today, Lord. With your love, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sing this again. Holy that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.